Welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show. The show is designed to give you solutions to your day-to-day management and leadership problems. It's hosted by Matthew Haddock, a frontline manager and leader with over 25 years of experience. If you're ready, then let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Manager Matt podcast show, a weekly show designed for you as a leader and manager to get the results you've always wanted. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show so you can never miss an episode and share it with anyone else who might get the benefit. Right without any more delay, let's get on with this week's show. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Manager Matt podcast show. Hope you're all well. Nearly fell off my chair then. That's not a good start to the show, is it? Um, Yeah, I hope you're really well this week. I'm hoping that uh, things are going to plan. I'm sure they're not, because they always say the best laid plans are soon... um, Assume disrupted as soon as you get punched in the face or something like that. I think that's something to do with boxing, but uh, something like that. That's how it all usually ends. Um, today, I want to talk around the idea of how to form a high-performing team. Now, we, we all would love to think that we, we have the best high-performing team around us. I'm sure we do. We're sure we have really good people around us who are doing well. Um, but of course, we always want them to do better because we're always on this journey of improvement, aren't we? We want people to continually look at how they can improve. Um, but, you know, why would we want these people to be high-performing teams? Why are we bothered? Why not have a load of great individuals who just go off without any concern for anybody else and just, you know, just go deliver? That's all we need, isn't it? We just need people delivering. Why do we want to mess around with having a team, eh? Well, of course, we know that people make the business successful. And people... Whatever you want to be, because I think a lot of people go, oh, I'm an individual, I don't want to be part of this, I like my own way, and of course that, but actually our at our base, we are social animals, we like to be in a team, we like to communicate, we love to make sure we're doing something that's bigger than ourselves, we like being part of a social group, a religious group, even just being a fan of a group, as in a groupie, you know, you, you all follow it, follow a team, if a sports fan, um, But we know that teams deliver more than individuals in the long run. We know that. Because individuals can be great, but there's no way they can carry everything all the time. You can't have one great player and everyone else just being, you know, just not even okay. You can't do that. So we all know that the why, when it comes around to having a good and high-performing team, is to deliver the results. So what are the traits then? What are we looking for when it comes to high-performance? What are the things we want from a high-performing team? Well... You know, let's have a look at it. If you think of the word performance and you think of that as a, an, an acronym, what, how does it work? You know, what do we want people to be? Well, you know, when you talk about the P, you need people to have a purpose. We talk about purpose and values and you want people focused on that goal. What are they really there to do? And not just focus on it for a personal end, but focus on it because they really want to. We all know people come to work because they get paid. Let's not beat you about the bush. And a few of you out there will be going, no, 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 I don't. I do, I do it for the love. And that's fine. That's great. If you love your work, brilliant. But there is a part of everyone that knows they need to have some financial reward to do the work because they need it. They need to pay the bills. They need to feed the family. They need to have the fancy holidays. That's just the way we, we work in the, in the society we have. So it's nice to have a purpose. It's nice to know as a performing team that you've got something and you've devoted to that purpose. And we're not talking about uh, radicalised 
purpose where you're going out and doing something it's around in work do you really know what you're doing are you of the purpose and to deliver that value let's move to the e are you empowered then you know do you know your roles you know what you've got to do are you empowered to make those decisions because you can't have a high performing team that's just a load of drones that are just following the leader they do have to follow the leadership, but they don't have to follow the leader in everything. You know, I hope that the teams around me have got the empowerment to make those decisions. I know they have because they do make decisions. Hundreds of decisions have every day inside a business. And as a leader, you can't have every one of them coming across your desk because it wouldn't work. So you need to make sure the E is empowered. Look at the R. Did they have the relationships? Because that's really important. A good high-performing team is going to have relationships and know how to communicate with each other around those relationships. And of course, with that, that ability to resolve any conflicts that come up. So you need to have a good relationship in any high-performing team. The F in performance is around being flexible. You know, we've got highly skilled people and they know what they want to do. They know how to deliver. They've been either educated or been in the role for many, many, many years. So they need to have the respect of the flexibility to allow them to be able to do things their way. Because really, at the end of it, as long as the results are getting delivered and we're being ethical, moral and legal, then how they get there with their own skills is 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 not really the thing we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the results, aren't we? So we want to make sure that they're flexible. And that might be around the ways they work, the hours they work, the way they do it, as long as it suits the rest of the team. Because remember, this is team. So you can't really have a flexible person who you never see. It's just sort of in the background. Don't quite work when it comes to performing teams. So just make that in mind. But make sure, because these highly skilled people have that flexibility. Now, oh, this is about optimum performance. You've got to achieve the business results. That is really what a high-performing team has to do. And of course... If you're going to achieve results, that means you're going to out, outperform others. So you need to put a team around you who's going to go out and outperform. They're going to optimally perform. And as a leader, that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be clearing that path for those people to optimally perform. But of course, what you do need to do, and this is the R in perform, is recognise and appreciate those people. You know, they've got to have, you've got to give them a highly a sense of accountability. That you're going to make sure you, they know what they've got to deliver, but recognise when they do it. And that doesn't have to be financial. It's a thank you. It's a well done, great result, good work team, giving them all the tools, but recognise. People love being recognised. And from that recognition goes the last of the M, the M in perform, which is the morale. You've got to trust each other. You know, you've got to have a high energy. You've got to have some sort of morale in there that people know what they're doing. And they know that getting things done in that right way every time is something that really drives their morale forward. So perform is something that you really knew as a team. And that's a good starting point when we start looking at our, our way of creating that. So you've got the ideas of what traits you want. You've got this idea of performance, empowerment, relationships, flexibility, optimum performance, recognition and morale. So what does that mean in real terms? How do you create that team? <clears throat> Excuse me, because you've got to have these ideas. You know, there's nothing. You've got to have ideas to start. You've got to have an idea, but ideas don't mean nothing if you don't deliver it. So how do we do that? How do we create that team? Well, there's a few things you can start looking at to create this. You've got to look at that. You know, when you when you've got an effective team, does it really have a process? So. When you put a team together, does it understand what processes it's involved in? Does it make sure that you can plan and prioritise the right things? So although a lot of the time I speak around the idea of empowering and people having the skills, you've still got to have structure. 
So have an effective team process is really important for this. So, you know, do we effectively have a plan of our priorities? Are we doing the right things? You know, you can have teams that can be absolutely effective and efficient, but are doing the totally wrong things. Do we put a plan in? Do we have an action plan for that team to get better? Because it may be good doing what it's do- good doing now, but what happens in the future? Things are going to change. So, you know, are they going to make the decisions that they need going forward? Back to the idea of empowerment. Can they resolve them issues themselves is there good problem solvers in that team so when you're looking at your team dynamics can you resolve problems or do they become mountains you know when there's really a molehill do they hold each other to account can you see the team holding each other account or do they always come to you going so-and-so said this and i don't think that's right and so-and-so does this i've had well, i've gone back a few years somebody came in and they had this real rant about that person and i let him have his rant and then i sort of went well what are we going to do differently then well you need to and i went oh stop you there I'm going to help you. I'm here to clear the path. I'm, I'm, I'm very much aware of that, but I'm not here to sort every problem out. This is not school. I'm not your mother. I'm not your father. So you need to go and hold each other account and speak through it. We've already spoken. I said to this guy, we've already spoken about our team and what we're holding ourselves and the ethics that we do. Then you need to hold this guy to account. And when he spoke it through with him and he, and he took, the, took it on board really well because we had a good relationship and we did laugh about it. When he walked out of the office, I took it on board, he spoke to the individual, and it was just a miscommunication. And that leads on to my next point in this idea of having an effective team, is communication within the team. How do you communicate? Is it very formal? Is it through email? Is it through face-to-face meetings? Is it water cooler talk? What is the the things that drive your team well? It's because, of course, when conflicts happen, you need to make sure you've got the tools in that team to sort it out. And that's the relationship, but it's also about knowing how you communicate. Most of the time when I see something going wrong in a business and I step back, it's about communication. Someone's misunderstood something or someone has, you know, again, another example is a, a team of people had done something um, in a business before I worked here that had done something that the team that come on days had thought the night shift had done something totally wrong. They shouldn't have done it that way. And when we looked at it in the, in the, you know, in the light of day, excuse the pun, yeah, it probably wasn't the right thing to do. But they made a decision, two in the morning, with the information they had. And okay, in hindsight, it wasn't the right decision, but it was a decision. And of course, as a leader, you make to make sure your teams are making decisions. Because it's back to that point that you can't do it all yourself. So make sure your teams are making decisions. Yes, we needed to speak about a better decision in the future, giving the team better tools to make those decisions. But actually, the decision they made was right for the time they made it. And I wasn't going to criticise them for making that. But that comes back to the idea of understanding how teams communicate, understand how they can deal with conflict and how do they resolve problems. So that's one part of it. Another bit is knowing the stakeholders and the customers. You know, what does your team need to really deliver? Is it an internal team? So it needs to make sure it's supplying the next person or process in the the chain with the right ones. Uh, Do they understand and know who their stakeholders are? And by knowing them, they can understand what their needs and understand their expectations are. Because how do we know if we're delivering the right result or the right process if we don't know what our customers want? And do our customers have a voice? So do we have an understanding of their needs, their wants, and how we can deliver that. That makes it so much easier in a team to know you're having a good day if you know what the, the customer wants. And that is really talking to your customer and talking to what they need. And if it's an internal customer, it's when do you want this delivering by? If it's an external customer, what do they want? What is their expectations? And that comes into that idea of by knowing them, your team can perform well because it's knowing what its results are going to be. Now, this next point is around relationships 
and enabling each of us to achieve the team goal. So this is definitely around support and valuing each other. So you have to be able to value each other. You have to be able to respect each other. You don't have to love each other. Just get that straight. You know, you don't have to absolutely love this guy or girl. You don't have to send them Christmas cards. You don't have to know the, the, the pets' names. You don't have to know that. It's nice. Of course it's nice. It's, it's human. It's social. It's lovely. But there is going to be people who are going to not going to get on with everyone. You've got to understand that you can't get on with everybody. But you can be civil with everyone. You can support and understand that person. You can respect their differences. And you can learn to have an honest feedback to each other. By using the right tools and talking to it and having a, a safe psychological environment, you can have a conversation that can be quite to the point, but can be respectful. Even though you might not feel that you're best mates with that person, you can still have that one. And that means you can challenge each other in a good and helpful way. If you don't, then what do you do? It becomes festered, it hides underneath, you get people stabbing each other in the back, you get people uh, throwing grades over the uh, border. Oh, well, if supply chain did this right, well, if warehousing didn't get this right, if operations weren't doing this, if engineering weren't doing that, if so, you know, you see where I'm going? That's because people don't have a safe way to challenge, they don't respect each other. They don't even understand sometimes. It's a really good idea to spend time in other people's departments. I may have said it before on the podcasts. Spend some time with other people, understand their needs and wants back to the idea of the customer because you can do that internally you know internally as a team do you ever go and know what the internals of your team need and is how are you delivering it spend some time in their shoes walk a mile in their shoes and see how it feels then you understand them more right the fourth thing on my idea of how to create this team is the role in your team are clearly defined. And this can be a big stumbling point because sometimes the roles are not very defined. They're very fluid. And there is a point in certain businesses and certain levels in your business where you want someone who can play in everybody else's sandpit, if you like, because you do need to have flexibility, especially at senior leadership teams, to have a good all-round game. You will have specialists. You know, If you're coming from a supply chain or an operations background or a customer service, you're going to have specialists, but you do need to know. But further down, you definitely want to have people to have roles and defined understand those roles and responsibilities. Because what happens is you get roles overlapping and in those overlap, it creates the grey. Imagine colours on a on a you know, on the on the on the table where you used to make it as a kid and you mix them all together. So you'd think, oh I'll take a bit of red or I'll take a bit of brown or take a bit of blue. Mix it all together and it's just this mess. And that can happen when you don't have the roles to defined enough because the overlap means you get this grey, dirty colour. So look at that in your team and make sure that they clearly understand their roles and they understand where their roles end and where the other ones don't. It doesn't mean people going, that's not my job. I hate that in a business. Oh, you know, if you hear someone saying, that's not my job, it's like, whoa, you know, we're all working to get these, whatever it is, done. The job needs to be done. Yes, you might not be perfect. You might not be the expert, but you need to make sure you can jump in and help people out. So you, you should never be saying, and if you've said it yourself, shame on you. No, only joking. Just step back and think, why, why would I think that? You know, can I support that person? Because if you're in this idea of a high-performing team, you need to make sure that people can play their part. Even in a sports team, say a football team or soccer team, to our American listeners, um, the goalkeeper can still kick the ball. He still moves the ball. He can still dribble the ball probably better than I can. But, it, you know, his primary task is to stop using his hands to stop it going to the goal. But it don't mean he just goes, oh, I can't kick it. Not my job to kick a ball. I've just got to handle it. You know, that, that's not how it works. 
And it rolls into the next bit, purpose and skills. So we know that the team needs clear roles. So have they got a purpose? I mentioned it in the performance bit of having this purpose. So does, is the team aligned to the business goals? Do they understand those goals? Are we clear on the team's purpose? And it's good maybe to write that down sometimes. What is the purpose of my team? You know, is, has the team agreed to the purpose? Does everybody understand it and their part in that? So have you taken the time to walk the team through the purposes of each department, understand their goals, understand what they're aiming for in their year, what makes it a success for them? Because if you've got one team thinking it's very successful if I do X, but that totally stops the next team, how are you ever going to have a high-performing team? And how is the overall goal to be delivered if you're not on the same field? So let's have a think of that. And then make sure the expectations to connect to the purpose, I communicate down your chain. Because if you're talking at minus one in my regard from my team, they've then got a team underneath them. So do they understand their purpose and how they play their part? And the last part in there is getting the right skills and capability and knowledge. So how do we make sure we're building skills in our team? Do we create a learning environment that people are encouraged to learn and move on? I think it's really important to constantly be learning. And that's not just formally. That's not just a formal qualifications but that's great but there's lots of stuff you can learn online this these days you can just go dip in learn something if you randomly want to know something you can put a search into any search engine and you can find out within seconds you almost become an expert in what's going on around any subject so there's always should be that culture of going out creating a learning culture and getting the idea of opening up to new ideas because the more you look outside Sometimes you see stuff that could affect you inside. So going to trade shows, seeing what new people, what new machines are out there, what new technologies can help you. And then get that person to come back and share the knowledge. So not keeping it to themselves in your team, but sharing it across your team. So by doing those six things I've just mentioned there, so this idea of having a definite process within there, making sure you know what your customer wants, getting your relationships right, make sure people know their roles, and make sure the purpose and skills are there and after to make sure that the right skills and capabilities are there, you can start to create this idea of uh, a high-performing team. But what else do we need? What else do we really need in a high-performing team? Let, let's think about it. How do you, what do you really need? Well, resilience. You know, we've got to face into the fact that things and times are going to get hard. It's going to get really difficult sometimes. Things are going to go wrong. Your best plans that you put in, your action plans, your your strategies will go out the window sometimes. And you really make sure that we're going to be able to bend, not break. We're going to be able to bounce, not splat. We're going to have some grit in us. A good team has good grit. You know, and we're not going to forget the results. The team must deliver and we need to get the results. But it's not at all cost. There is going to be an element where you have to take your foot off the gas as a leader and allow the team to have a bit of breathing space but then to go back in and deliver those results. You need to celebrate. You've got to celebrate, even small and the big. Be happy to celebrate. Sometimes um, it's worth sort of stepping back maybe end of the week or beginning of the week and go, has anyone gone a bit further than normally now? Teams, can we recognise someone? Have it as part of your agenda of your meetings. Who's gone a bit further in your team? Get people thinking around how we celebrate that. How do you look at innovation? You know, what else do you need? Your team needs to innovate. What you've been doing five years ago is probably not what you're doing now. And what we're going to do in five years' time isn't what we're doing now. So how do we get those innovations? How do we get ahead of it? How do we get make sure we're moving forward and not getting stagnant? And the last piece in this what do we need section is about courage. A team needs to have good courage. It needs to be able to step forward when others are stepping back. 
It needs that team to work, even sometimes when it doesn't. And you need to expect your team to perform. So you need to have that courage to make sure that happens. Well, that's my ideas around high-performing teams. And, and I think the benefits of stepping back sometimes and looking at your team and thinking, where can I improve? What are the areas that I think are working well and what aren't? And then looking at how we can improve that. You know, are people performing? Do they know the purpose? Are they empowered? Do you have good relationships or does the team have good relationships? And you can see that sometimes by stepping back. Is there flexibility in the team to pick up the slack when things go wrong? Are we optimising our performance? Do we recognise people? Do we have a resilience and courage to make sure that the team works well? And when it does go well, do we celebrate? Well, I would love to celebrate you sending me some feedback because it's a gift. So remember, anything you've heard today or any of the other casts, please send me an email to managermatpodcast at gmail.com. I'd also love to learn about any new um, information you'd like to, me to consider. I've been asking on social medias and, and around um, the, the group that I'm involved in, is any other subjects that managers would like to do? So please drop us a line on anything new you'd like me to uh, look into uh, anytime, anytime soon. Well, that's it for Manage Matt this week. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this Manager Matt podcast. We hope you found it interesting, helpful and actionable. One last thing, please leave a quick review on iTunes or with your podcast provider as it helps to spread the word of Manager Matt. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast and if you did like anything in particular, send an email to managermattpodcast at gmail.com or visit managermatt.co.uk for more content. Feedback is a gift, so let's keep giving. See you next week.